This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Bob Comsick. This is going to be Toronto's decade. That commitment from our next guest, Mayor John Tory, who joins us. Happy New Year, Mayor. Uh, same to you, Bob. Thank you. It's been a while since we've spoken, so it's nice to, to catch up. First of all, uh, what about resolutions heading into 2020? I guess I'm talking more personal here than uh, professional. Yeah, I don't have a lot of personal ones. I mean, as usual, uh, like a lot of people out there, uh, after Christmas and so on, I'm probably 10 pounds heavier than I should be, and uh, I find that I can uh, adopt the discipline to uh, get rid of that. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I'm just going to try and do the best job that I can and uh, don't have a lot of other uh, resolutions. Transit and housing, I'm assuming, continue to top your uh, priorities. They do, because I think if you look at the two things that are, I'd say it's transit, housing, uh, community safety, and then uh, and community safety divided into two categories. One would be the, you know, the, the real the, the threats to the safety of our city that we saw last year with the gun violence, and then also uh, sort of pedestrian uh, safety. And then finally, mental health, uh, just because I think that mental health is an overarching concern that um, spreads across so many areas of city life, homelessness, policing, and so on. Um, but Transit and housing are the bedrock uh, things we have to do. We ha- and, and by the way, a New Year's resolution, government-wise, is we've just got to speed both of those processes up. And they both involve a lot of intergovernmental cooperation. And I'm pleased to say that we're working well with the other governments on housing and transit. We've got to speed up all of our processes so that um, the transit projects you know, are visibly proceeding and the housing projects are visibly proceeding because we need them both uh, on a very urgent basis. Now, some might say oxymoron to be talking about speeding things up in politics. They don't usually go in the same sentence. It's true. You know, you, you make a good point, which is why I'm talking about it as a New Year's resolution, because I think we have our own responsibilities at City Hall. So, for example, when it comes to the big push we have on for affordable housing, you know, 40,000 units over the next 12 years, I've said before Christmas, and I say again now, the column that I'm looking at when the public servants come to report to me is completion date for those projects. And I'm pushing them relentlessly, as they would tell you, to have those completion dates, uh, dates as early as possible. The irony is that in many cases, and it's true of transit as well, that the stuff that we have to go through to get those projects underway are government approvals of one kind or another. And so I am making the point before you even raised it, um, you know, as a contradiction sometimes that we have to do better. We governments collectively at continuing to move these transit projects forward and the housing projects. And I'm happy to say that we've arrived at a moment in time with the transit agreement we have with the province and the federal government and with apparent cooperation on housing where that speeding up of things uh, seems to be possible. But I've got to really devote myself to making sure that um, is a number one priority, speeding up transit and speeding up housing, because we have the plans. We have large parts of the money. And I, you know, did something controversial before Christmas in terms of the city step up with its share of the money for these things. So now it's a matter of will and it's a matter of process. And I just intend uh, to see these things move forward because they have to. Now, earlier in the show, we ran your remarks concerning the passing of uh, Diane Ford. Your working relationship with Sun and Premier uh, Doug appears to be improving. 
it's much improved. And I think, you know, you have to be fair about these things. I mean, I took this job on and I'd never been on city council. I'd never been the mayor, obviously, before when I took this on five years ago. Um, you have to go through a period of adjustment where you kind of settle into the job and develop your own way of doing it and so on. And I think the premier might have gone through that. He made some staff changes. He made some cabinet changes. And I will just say, uh, subsequent to those changes that took place in the summer of last year, um, things have been better. And we are working cooperatively on transit. Uh, there are signs that we will work together cooperatively on housing. Uh, he now calls me uh, to consult on things in advance of just sending announcements down to City Hall as if, uh, you know, we don't really matter. So uh, I think it is improved. And by the way, I should say I'm very sorry at the loss of his mother. Uh, she was somebody that I knew uh, not even so much as, as Doug Ford's mother alone, but I knew her as uh, a very important figure in a, uh, a legendary Etobicoke political family. And she was a, a, a very community-focused person and very much the matriarch of that family. But I'm sorry for her loss. And uh, I've extended those uh, condolences to the premier uh, and to Michael Ford, whose grandmother uh, Diane Ford was. But in any event, the relationship is better and, and it was on a path to continue to get better. And I hope that will be a trend that continues. Sometimes we use terms like matriarch a little bit maybe too loosely but the more you listen from people such as yourself and the more you read about the type of person she was then you see the premier and then the late mayor you can see where uh, she had a lot to do with their view of things she was a very strong uh, woman and you know um, it, it, look, I used to say this when I was a broadcaster back then, and I used to do these programs where I would say, look, uh, fundamentally, women are in charge of, of most families. They are the matriarch in the true sense of the word because they're generally, I think, more organized and, and, and kind of uh, you know stronger in many respects at this kind of thing than men. And I used to get the odd person who'd phone in and disagree with me, but most people didn't uh, because they understood it was true. And in Diane Ford's case, I can just tell you from my own exposure to them long before I was mayor, long before I was a candidate for any thing, that she was somebody who they turned to, and she was not afraid to share their, her thoughts with them. Uh, she was a fundamental influence on all three of them that went into politics, Rob, uh, Doug, and Michael Ford, and uh, was just very much the driving force of that family, and somebody very important in, in her community, as well as Etobicoke. As and, you know, I saw her as recently as a couple of months ago. Uh, she wasn't well, but uh, she was as feisty and strong and as straightforward as ever. Uh, she was a very strong woman and uh, you know all families miss uh, you know people who pass on but uh, she'll be very much missed in that family because she was something that, that was the true embodiment of the matriarch of a family of the priorities that you listed transit affordable housing you mentioned about community safety which of course is more of a three-pronged uh, priority for you in terms of uh, overall safety with guns as you mentioned uh, mental health and then there's the pedestrian safety, of course, uh, Vision Zero, which you and Libby, who's off this week, have discussed many times uh, since you've been in in office. And what can people expect this year on, on that front, just to big refresh changes. our memories? They can expect big changes, Bob, uh, starting with something that's happened already this week, which is this new unit that, in fact, is restoring a unit that was done away with uh, before I was mayor back in, I think, 2012, of specific people to go to hotspots in the city to enforce the traffic laws against those who are putting people's lives at risk by driving carelessly. And that group is uh, on the job uh, this week, and they're going to be writing a lot of tickets uh, because that's what they're out there to do, write tickets uh, for people who are driving 
carelessly and without regard to pedestrians and others. They're going to see the introduction of photo radar in 50 places across the city. And as you know, those 50 places have already been identified, but we're not actually able to start issuing tickets until a 90-day period has passed under provincial regulation. But the 50 places people know now uh, where they are, they're going to see a continued uh, substantial increase in the number of red light cameras. They're going to see the continued implementation of intersection redesign and speed limit changes across the city because we simply have to do better than what we did last year, which was an unacceptable number that was not heading fast enough towards zero. Uh, So uh, you're going to see a lot of changes this year, and a lot of it's going to have to do with enforcement, and I think that's good. You know, we had the situation, unfortunately, with another pedestrian hit on the weekend, so that just reinforces. I mean, we were just days into the new year, and here we go again, so it just reinforces and stresses just how much has to be done in this area. It's true. I mean, the numbers last year were, you know, actually slightly down uh, in terms of pedestrians from the year before. 2019 was a tiny bit lower than 2018. But the, the bottom line is this. Those numbers are not heading towards zero, which is the clearly stated bought-into goal, starting with me and going all the way through the council and just about everybody else. They're not heading down fast enough. And so the New Year's Day fatality, any fatality is a, a bad one and a sad one. That was a bad start to the year. But I'm very hopeful that through these enforcement efforts, through the number one thing I've always said, including here on Fight Pack with Libby and elsewhere, people have to change their own behavior who are driving cars. They've got to slow down. They've got to pay more attention. They've got to stop texting uh, and be more considerate of the fact they share the road with uh, pedestrians and cyclists and others. And I think if that happens and we have greater enforcement and we have intersection redesigns and physical changes that can help uh, cause people to be more careful, then we can make real progress on those numbers this year, which is my very fervent desire to do. And despite listing all these things pertaining to pedestrian safety, road safety that you've mentioned that are being done, that people can expect to see, why do I have a funny feeling you've got at least one or two other ideas that uh, are ruminating upstairs? Well, just because it's my nature uh, and because we've just got to continue to focus on these things. I mean, this is one of the most livable cities in the world. Um, You know, for all the problems we have, and I understand why people, you know, focus on the problems, because that's what I'm focused on, too, and it keeps me focused on them. But we have one of the most livable, blessed cities. We have tremendous boom going on here in terms of jobs coming to the city. We have a record of safety that is still uh, the envy of many, many other cities in North America. We have all kinds of things going for us, but my, you know, mantra these days is I want to protect that success and make sure it continues. And when we talked about at the beginning, this being Toronto's decade, there is no reason given the uh, talent pool we have here, given the desirability people find from around the world to come and live in Toronto and make their living here, including lots of really smart people, why we can't be as we are now, one of the most recognized global cities that people want to come to in the world. But we've got to keep at the community safety, keep at the affordable housing, make sure we have the transit, uh, make sure the city stays safe. Those, that's why those are my priorities, and make sure it's well-managed financially, uh, which I've tried to do throughout the time I've been here. So um, it, you always need to have new ideas to keep that going, but my objective is 10 years from today, and I'll be long gone from here by then, uh, is to make sure this is still one of the most livable, attractive cities for people to come to from around the world, because the decisions you make today are the ones that decide whether it will still be a great place to live and work uh, 10 years from now. Mayor John Tory, again, thank you for your time and Happy New Year. Thank you, Bob. Happy New Year to you and to all the listeners of, uh, of, of Zoomer Radio as well. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.